Welcome to Making Sense of the Madness. I'm your host, Sean Morgan. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda in this breaking news update from myself and Alexander Bruce from Forbidden Knowledge TV. We're also going to be interviewing Shamika Michelle, a contributor to Blaze TV and Sky News Australia and a spokesperson for the Walk Away campaign. She's very passionate about escaping the prison of the Democratic Party and its broken ideology. That's what she's going to be speaking with us about tonight. All of that and more as soon as we get back from a word from our sponsor. In early 2021, a short squeeze in silver was initiated. What does this mean? It means that individual investors can take advantage of a global supply shortage in silver, while the big banks will have to end their contracts with physical delivery of an asset that's becoming scarce to non-existent. Low supply plus high demand will cause prices to increase rapidly. The only way to take advantage of a short squeeze is to own physical silver. Call Sovereign Advisors today. They have over 27 years of experience identifying these trends so you can maximize your return while at the same time minimize your risk. Call them today before prices go up any further. 720-605-3900. Right now, the market is on a knife's edge. It's the perfect time to talk to Dr. Kirk Elliott, PhD economist, about what you can do to prepare there's a link in the description below and on our homepage at AmericanMediaPeriscope.net. Let's get right into the breaking news headlines. We've got a couple of interesting things from the Biden regime. Uh, Biden's going to hire 80,000 new IRS agents to, of course, target small business owners in the middle class and try to get everyone afraid of the IRS. And that's what it's all about with these Democrats. It's bigger government and more fear of what the government can do to you. Uh, you know, as Ronald Reagan said, the worst thing that you can hear is someone saying, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. This big infrastructure bill is just a whole bunch of money for their cronies. And this is just another example of the big government style that, you know, Biden represents. Well, Biden's education department wants to roll back an effort to catalog teacher sex crimes. I don't know what it is with the Democrat Party to make them such apologists for pedophiles, but they want to make it easier for pedophiles who are convicted sex offenders to be in the classroom with your children. And Biden is now tapping the strategic oil reserves of the United States, hoping that it will lower prices supposedly, uh, but even with the announcement today that he's tapping the reserves, the price of oil actually went in the opposite direction. It went up. And so Trump knows, he commented on it today in his official statement, that the strategic oil reserves are actually supposed to be strategic for emergencies like wars and things like that. This is actually just a part of the purposeful manufactured destruction of our country. This is nothing strategic about Biden shutting down domestic oil production and then draining our reserves. Well, Jeff Bezos recently donated $100 million to the Obama Foundation. What we've really learned during this Great Awakening is that the Clinton Foundation, the Obama Foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, all of these foundations are really pay-to-play schemes to buy influence from powerful people. Uh, and it could be even worse than that, could just be money laundering so or a little bit of both. 
So if anyone was wondering if Jeff Bezos of Amazon was a black hat, well, now you officially know. Well, Ghislaine Maxwell's family is appealing to the United Nations, saying that she needs to be released from jail. Interesting that such powerful people are going to their globalist buddies to try to see if they can sneak her out so that she can hop on her submarine and go to some kind of undisclosed location. She is the definition of a flight risk, and it doesn't matter how much these deep state assets try to you know, get a favor from their buddies, it's not going to work. Well, an Antifa activist who smashed a GOP Senate office door with an axe only gets probation, and the FBI said, hey, would you like your axe back? Here you go. You can go destroy more property and threaten other politicians. This is the double standard uh, that exists between just regular Americans who are defending themselves like Kyle Rittenhouse and then radical leftists who are given impunity. Well, Paul Gosar has unveiled a resolution to reform the no-fly list because recently conservative Americans have been put on no-fly list. They're not able to fly in the country or outside of the country. Uh, and this is something that's just been under the purview, I guess, of the FBI and Department of Homeland Security. Before even charging anyone with a crime, you know, just Americans unable to travel. And so he's doing something about it, thank goodness, because we have people who are sitting in chairs like myself in the alternative media who are unable to fly due to these, this type of uh, deep state targeting. Well, Thomas Jefferson is now being removed from the New York City City Hall. This was predicted by Donald Trump when they tried to take down Confederate soldiers and generals in Virginia. And he said, well, you know, you start there with removing our history. The next thing the leftists will want to do is remove Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and whitewash our great American history. It's exactly what is happening. This is what happens when enemies take over a jurisdiction and they want to show to everyone, remember what happened to the Saddam Hussein uh, statues after that country fell. That's what they're demonstrating, that uh, they are against the American way of life and the American uh, history, uh, what our country stands for, and they're demonstrating it out in the open. Well, Mike Lindell was supposed to be filing a uh, suit today in the Supreme Court regarding the stolen election. It didn't end up happening by the end of the day. However, he is starting a multiple-day live stream event on Frank's speech to document and explain what his lawsuit is all about. Make sure you go to frankspeech.com and uh, check out all the latest news regarding that Supreme Court filing. Speaking of which, uh, I just want to mention the new article out by Patel Patriot where he goes into detail about Mike Lindell and his lawsuit. We're going to be discussing that on Friday, as we always discuss with Patel Patriot on Devolution Fridays. Just want to let everyone know about that. That's it for the breaking news monologue. We're going to go to a word from our sponsor, and we'll be back with Shamika Michelle about walking away from the Democrat Party. Hello, everyone. This is John Michael Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Now, did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio from downside risk? 
And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they are probate free and can provide an income you can't outlive. Let a company you can trust help you select an annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's 844-USA-2024. Tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. We love our sponsor. You can check out the link below or on our homepage. You can get a free consultation about annuities. Well, Shamika Michelle is an author, speaker, and certified professional life coach. She's the co-host of the Cut the Bull podcast and a contributor to Blaze TV and a spokesperson for the Walk Away campaign. Let's check out this video to preview what Shamika is all about, and then we'll be interviewing her next. See, I don't know if this is going to make the news because they don't like a black woman who has escaped the Democrat party. Do black lives matter only when the assailant is white? And I know that Donald Trump is not perfect, but I can tell you what he hasn't done. He has not put in policies and laws that have decimated the black community. He's never done that. Donald Trump, did not try to insult my intelligence by telling me that I need to vote according to my skin color. He has never done that. I love myself a man. And let me tell you, if masculinity is toxic, then I want to be poisoned. I don't need to be reminded constantly that I was a slave. When I woke up this morning, there were no chains holding me. I was free. When I wake up in the morning, when I look on my wall, I see dream, imagine, and believe. Although I used to be a stripper, I don't wake up every morning with something on the wall that say, throw that ass in a circle. I wake up with where I want to go and not where I used to be. We have a president who, when it's all said and done, will rise. Shamika, I loved uh, how you just really speak your voice up loud. You know, you're really expressing uh, something that's not easy to express in this culture war. Can you tell me your journey that led you to, to becoming uh, a megaphone for the people? You know, I've just always been the type to speak out. People have said that about me my entire life. How I got into politics, though, it was just kind of by a fluke. You know, I didn't even realize that I was conservative. I get, I kept getting banned from Facebook for things that I just thought was common sense. And so I started putting videos because I always did commentary, putting up videos. I started putting them on Twitter once I got kicked off Facebook for saying Father's Day was for me. And I noticed that conservatives started to flock to me. And so I just kind of took off from there, you know, with people asking me to come on their show. And then Brandon Strzok actually picked me up in 2018. I've been working with the Walk Away campaign ever since. I can really relate to that. I didn't realize I was conservative until I became 
a husband and a father and a Christian, and <laughs> I realize that family values is only really represented right now at this current time in our history uh, by the conservative movement that's happening right now. Uh, so absolutely. Tell me about the Walk Away uh, campaign. Tell me about uh, the message that you guys are trying to get out there. What we just want to get out there is that you don't have to vote Democrat just because, you know, the black community votes Democrat 90 percent of the time they have for the last 60 years. And their policies have not helped us advance at all. To me, you know, we aren't really suffering from systemic racism. We're suffering from systemic leftism. We keep voting the same way with no you know, positive aspects coming from that. So with the walk away campaign, I feel that way as a black person, you know, the founder is actually a gay man. And so he feels that homosexuals vote Democrat just because. And so we just, we don't tell anyone, hey, you have to become Republican, but we do say, take a step back from the Democrat party, actually begin to look at policies and laws. Don't just vote simply because that's what your mother did or your grandmother did, or that's what they tell you to do in church. Take a step back and see if this party is actually doing something that benefits you first personally, your family second, and then your community third. If it's not, you need to definitely walk away. And what I've seen from the Democrat party, from having fathers replaced in the home with welfare, uh, Joe Biden having the Biden bill or the 1994 bill that served to mass incarcerate black men, it's the Democrat Party is not our friend. They present themselves as friends only to keep a, a voting block, but they are not helpful for the black community. So I'm definitely going to continue to speak out against them. I believe that most black people are conservative. They just vote wrong. You know, we a, a lot of times we're raised in church and we have very conservative values, but we've been voting Democrat for 60 years and they can count on that vote. It doesn't matter. And they keep us because they send us in this emotional tailspin trying to say, oh, Republicans want to take you back to Jim Crow days or Republicans want to take you back to slavery. And black people actually fall for those lies year after year, election after election. So I'm just speaking out like, hey, y'all have got to wake up, take a look to see what's going on and realize that these people are, are evil. The Democrat Party is definitely not for you. Yeah, it seems like the Democrat Party has really uh, utilized certain groups. And one of them that's coming to mind is Black Lives Matters. And they mm. only seem to care during an election cycle about that organization. And they use them and fund them to the the greatest extent that they can. And then once they get elected, they just kind of drop them to the side. Uh, and it's been very hard for me this week seeing a Black Lives Matters activist uh, who just mowed down a bunch of people uh, with his Ford Escape in Wisconsin. Uh, but you don't see anyone from Black Lives Matters uh, speaking out against this type of violence. He had Black Lives Matter stuff all over his social media, anti-white uh, stuff, uh, black nationalist type of stuff. Uh, where is the Democrat Party speaking out against this type of violence, especially considering the 2020 riots? Uh, you know, we're burning down our cities. What, what's your, what are your comments on BLM uh, right now? 
So I believe uh, in Black Lives Matter as a sentiment. I think Black Lives Matter just like all lives matter. But the organization is a scam. The only way they care about Black men is when they are dead. And I continue to tell people that they use the death of Black men, especially when they're killed by the police, predominantly when they're killed by the police, because if they really cared, they would be in communities that suffer violence within every single day. So this Black Lives Matter is is a hoax, and I tell people that all the time. There's that's not an organization that you can depend on. They don't care about black people because if they did, they would not be pushing to destroy or dismantle the nuclear family. They want to push LGBTQ. They don't push anything that as is actually of any value to black people. So I, I don't like the organization at all. And I think it's just terrible the people that have kind of, you know, bought into the foolishness that they actually push. So you're not going to see the Democrat Party say anything because they can use this at, at, to their advantage. This is ridiculous that someone would even do something like this and think it's justified because of the Rittenhouse verdict. You know, I, I Black Lives Matter is going to hurt the black community. It already has, it hasn't helped. You know, there are some people that do it because they really believe that black lives matter. And I understand that. But what I saw last summer was ridiculous. The, the heroes that I've seen them make of people like George Floyd and wanting to tear down statues. I saw where you talked about them taking down Thomas Jefferson. This is foolishness. The stuff that they get into wanting to take Aunt Jemima off the pancake box, none of this actually helps black people. So if this organization was really what they claim to be, they would be within these communities uh, uh, with black on black crime. And I hate to say that because it's so offensive to people. I prefer to say crime with or violence in our communities, because if you live in a, a community that's predominantly black, you see the rise in crime. You see what's happening. Young people are being killed every day. So when you see people that only get out to march because it's a high profile case or because it's someone being shot by the police, you don't really care because if you did, you would stop these children being murdered in our streets, in our communities every day. Well, that brings to mind the defund the police uh, movement uh, that the left is embracing. Uh, any thoughts on that? We don't need to defund the police. We need to defend the police. Now, I agree that some police reform needs to take place. You do have bad officers, of course. And as, as much as you have to deal or interact with the police, there are going to be some instances that are not favorable. And that's just not for the Black community. That's across every community. I think police need to be trained better. I think they need to be scouted better. I think they need to, you know, do a little bit more. Uh, we need to look into their backgrounds a little more and their mental capacity a little more before they're put into these positions. But that's across the board. That's not just in the Black community. Police are not hunting down Black people, regardless of what LeBron says with his, you know, short brain. That That's not happening. So I I do believe in police reform. I think we need to change some things. But as far as defund the police, these communities need 
police. When when something happens to me, I'm not going to call a social worker. I'm going to call a police and I need a police to show up and I need a police to do exactly what he's been hired to do. So I think this is ridiculous. And if you talk to most black people, this is this is a Democrat talking point. Most black people in black communities do not want to defund the police. We feel like we need more police officers. We just need better trained officers. Right. Let's talk about critical race theory and critical gender theory and what's really behind it. Uh, you know, is this one of those issues that you think is along party lines and is something that we really need to pay attention to? I do think it's along party lines, but I definitely think it's something that we need to pay attention to. You know, you hear people talking all the time and saying that it's not critical race theory. So I want people to not hold on to the title so much as to the content that's being taught. We can go all day long and have arguments as to whether or not it's critical race theory. But I think once we focus on the content, everyone can see that they're actually teaching black kids that they are victims and that they are oppressed. Everyone can see that they're teaching white children that they are inherently evil. So that's just wrong, you know? So I think we could come together on that. And the gender confusion, who would disagree? You know, kids can't drive until they're 16. They can't vote until they're 18. They can't drink until they're 21. But you want to tell a three-year-old or a kindergartner that they can actually change their gender and be something else? That's foolishness. In school, all you need to be taught is reading, writing, and arithmetic. You know, we don't need to be telling little boys that they can actually have periods. That's ridiculous. To me, that feeds into mental illness. It's not by Biology. biology teaches us that there you are male or female, period. There, 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 that's two genders. That's it. And I think that's what we need to be teaching children. How do we expect them to learn how to think critically when we're already teaching them how to think irrationally by this type of foolishness? So I think that we have to pay attention to actually the content that's being taught and not so much going back and forth as to what it is, because we that argument will continue. It won't stop. Right. And that's what the Democrats are using against us. They say, oh, it's They're not trying to hide behind. Yeah, and it's, we don't care. Right. Like we don't care what the title if, is. If we it's race based, get it out of the school. You know, enough yes. judging people based on their skin color and appearances. Uh, okay, you know, you know, you just sound like you're just cutting through the bull and just getting down to common sense. Is that what your your podcast is all about? Because I noticed the title, uh, cut, "Cut the Bull Podcast." Yes, that's all we do. We get to talk to a different, you know, different people, a wide variety. Initially, we wanted to have like there's three of us. We 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 don't really identify as Republican, but we are definitely conservative. And so we wanted to have a, a leftist guest on each week, but they run from us. They don't want to come on. But we get to talk to great people like we've had uh, Tucker Carlson on. We're going to have Brian Kilmeade on uh, next week, I believe it is. We have a lot of good people that we just get to have a plain conversation with, just com you know, common sense. We don't have to talk over people's heads. That's why it's cut the bull. We don't try to be politically correct. Most of the time, I am politically incorrect, and I prefer to be. That's, that's the way I like it. So... 
that's what the podcast is, just cutting through all of the rigmarole that people like to have, all of the fancy schmancy. We don't do any of that. We just talk plain. We laugh. We joke. Sometimes, you know, it's clean. Sometimes it's not. We just have a good time and just a good conversation. And tell me about the Naked Girls website, because I know it's not actually Naked Girls. This, this You're talking about transparency. Uh, you're, you know, you're naked emotionally, right? Uh, can you tell me about that site? Yes. So I started that site um, in 2013, I believe it was. I just wanted a space where women could actually go and find someone that could identify with them. I feel like so many times we care so much about what people think about us that we wear masks and we lie about what we are really dealing with in life, what's really going on. And so I just wanted a community for us to come together, remove the mask and be open, honest and emotional emotionally exposed. That's where we came up with Naked. You hear people talk about being real all the time. And I noticed that even when they would say, keep it real, or I keep it real, they were still lying. You can't hide when you're naked. People can see every scar, everything that's not standing up where it used to when you were younger. Like when you're naked, you can't hide. So that's why we came up with Naked Girls, because you have to be open, honest, and emotionally exposed and, and, and be naked to be transparent. And ever since the pandemic, this has really become even more important in our culture because people are isolated from each other. Uh, less physical contact, they're hiding behind masks, you know, we're being divided by vaccinated and unvaccinated. We have this cultural war and people are, feel like uh, everyone's being labeled and categorized. So being real and authentic and taking off the mask is even more radical now than ever, isn't it? It is because also you have to worry about cancel culture. You know, if you're honest, people don't like that. They're mad because you're honest. I have people right now upset on Twitter because I said a man that puts uh, he and him like you can't trust the man that puts he and him in his bio because he's already compromised his masculine frame. Well, people are so upset by that. And I'm thinking that's such a small statement. Why does that have you so upset? But they don't like when I praise masculinity, which is crazy to me because I can remember us actually as women women loving men. Now, all of a sudden, the feminists have come in. They have taken over. They want you to hate men. They have this foolish saying or term called toxic masculinity. And to me, the toxic masculinity is actually the absence of masculinity. So right now, a lot of people are finding it kind of hard to keep it naked and be open and honest because they're afraid of being canceled. Whereas for me, you, you're not going to cancel me. I have three children that I am fighting for. And as long as they have uh, are breathing and I have breath in my body, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep standing up and they won't shut me up. Anytime they try and kick me off of one platform, I promise I'll rise up somewhere else. You 
kick me out of my city. I'm going to rise up in the city next to me. Like, I'm not going to stop talking because I think it's too important. And I want the America that I grew up in. You know, I want my children to be able to experience that. I'm not one of these people that feel like I was a victim or I was oppressed or the, the white man had his foot on my, my neck. I don't feel like that at all. I had a very good childhood. I had a very good life. I was happy. That's what the way I want my children to be raised. I I want my children to be raised like they can accomplish anything. So I'm going to keep fighting simply for them and hopefully for generations to come. So when they try and cancel me, I need them to know I am uncancelable, period. Well, that's what keeps the fear going when a lot of people decide they're not going to be authentic. They're going to hide uh, because they're afraid they're not going to get accepted. And then you've got this consensus reality that's completely fake that no one's saying or doing anything. Hello, everyone. This is John Michael Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Now, did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio from downside risk? And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they are probate free and can provide an income you can't outlive. Let a company you can trust help you select an annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's 844-USA-2024. Tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. Sorry about that little technical difficulty. Uh, I was just saying that you know this is what we need. We need people like Shamika Michelle who are standing up to the cancel culture if because it's contagious. When Shamika stands up, it makes someone else comfortable to stand up. And then before you know it, this fake consensus reality of people living in fear of not being accepted, it just crumbles and falls and we're back with the real reality. Well, we're going to bring on Alexandra Bruce, the publisher of ForbiddenKnowledgeTV.net. She has got the latest breaking news like she always does, and she curates it and gives you the biggest story directly to your inbox. So make sure you sign up at ForbiddenKnowledgeTV.net. Let's welcome Alexandra to the show. Hello, Sean. I really Hello. love Shamika. I'm so sorry that that happened, though, in Shamika's segment. I think she's fantastic. And I see a lot of myself in her, too, this... Uh, you know, I was a Democrat my whole life and being, you know, from the liberal north, you know, from New York and Chicago, that's just what everyone was, was a Democrat. And I only voted Democrat my whole life until, I, you know, until Trump. And, it, you know, he had been a Democrat, too, before. And it's just that, you know, they were they've always been bad, but they've really become the trade, the treason party that's uh, basically throwing this whole country under a bus to the globalists and yeah. to China. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that Shamika is also like myself and that we don't really identify as Republicans either. It's like, okay, no, we definitely yeah. abandoned the broken party of the Democrats, yeah. but you know, we right. need to reform the Republican Party a lot before we're going to be happy with it. We're willing to pridefully tell people that we're Republicans. Uh, well, so, you know, it's, it's really, really about with that. globalism and the globalists and people who have uh, sold this country out. And they exist in both parties, but the way that it functions is that the Democrats are—they are actively advertising that they want to destroy America, where the D Republicans are pretending that they don't 
want to destroy America when right. all that they end up doing is performing sort of a layup to enable the Democrats to destroy America. So, you know, it's really a uniparty, uh, you know, behind closed doors. All these people are corrupt and, uh, you know, except for, you know, just a very small handful. Uh, and maybe yeah. even on the Democrat side, like Joe Manchin is maybe less corrupt than the rest of his party, you know. Right. But it's in any like, case, like a controlled opposition type of situation. Right. And exactly. Trump was always telling people about Romney and McCain basically being just losers, people who just lay down and let the other side win. And Absolutely. we're done with that. You know, we got to go back to winning and the best is yet to come. So, Alexandra, what do you have uh, to present tonight? Well, just, you know, as an example of what the Democrats and really what the globalists are doing you know, under the guise of Democrats or whatever is for like, and you touched on it in your opening monologue was how Biden shipped to China 1.6 million barrels of crude from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve in October, which is a monthly record. And as you say, this is, it's a reserve. It's not supposed to be sold to China, but it really does point to, uh, yeah, and there you go. People are putting stickers like this all over their, uh, their gas, the gas pumps. Uh, so, you know, it's no secret that Americans are paying record prices at the gas pumps. And of course, the rapidly ascending fuel prices affect the cost of all goods and services, which we've seen, you know, we've seen the price of everything go up. And so part of it is inflation, but part of it really is this uh, controlled demolition of the American energy sector, basically, by the Democrats. So, you know, farmers, manufacturers, delivery companies, repair people, you, everyone is paying more to do their jobs and they're passing those costs on to consumers. So why now of all times is Biden selling off America's strategic petroleum reserves to Asia? Uh, and that the, the strategic petroleum reserves are the SPRs. And so, um, you know, this is America's emergency backup uh, supply of oil. The reason we have it is because back in the early 70s, um, uh, they created it. The United States started the Petroleum Reserve in 1975 after the oil crisis, which you're too young to remember, but it was really like I was a, a little kid in school and literally there was like steam coming. We were fully in winter clothes. It was Chicago and, you know, steam's coming out of our mouths because there's in like the super fancy private school that I was going to, you know, they couldn't heat the school. OK, they, there was no fuel to heat the school. And we were in Chicago freezing in our classroom with full winter gear. And, you know, it was unbelievable. So um, that's when they started it. And it was to mitigate future supply disruptions, which, you know, fast forward to 2021, upon entering into the Oval Office, one of the first things that Biden did was to shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. Uh, and henceforth, rather than flowing safely through the pipeline, Canadian oil will come the expensive way over land rather than, uh, you know, whether on trucks or on trains. And at the same time, Biden halted new oil, gas and coal, coal leases on federal lands, something that's being fought in the courts, thankfully. But as long as that suit continues, no sane business would start to drill. Biden is also on the verge of ending all new oil and gas leases around major Native American cultural sites, which will shut down massive amounts of exploration and drilling in New Mexico. And following initial denials, the administration admitted that it plans to close a major Michigan pipeline. And as we covered here recently, Biden's nominee for currency controller at the Treasury, 
department, Saul Omarova, was caught on video, which I played for you, I think it was a week or two ago, uh, saying that she fully intends to bankrupt the American energy producers in the name of climate change, which we're discovering is really code for crashing the U.S. and railroading the planet into using Chinese-owned, environmentally devastating cobalt and lithium-powered batteries for electric cars, of which China owns almost all the mining rights and solar panels and windmills, of which China produces the vast majority. So no wonder gas pumps across America are blooming with the stickers that we just saw a few moments ago. Um, also, just like another, there's so many stories breaking, but this is something that's likely to get lost is that, you know, with the, the things that happened in Wisconsin lately, but uh, it emerged yesterday that former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo personally edited a July 2020 Department of Health for the New York State Department of Health report that undercounted nursing home COVID deaths by thousands, the New York State Assembly said in a report yesterday. So Cuomo ordered the Department of Health to produce the report to combat criticism of his March 25th directive ordering New York nursing homes to accept COVID positive patients. The State Assembly Judiciary Committee said in its report, summarizing findings from its eight month impeachment investigation of the former Democratic governor. Officials knew as they drafted the report that approximately 10,000 nursing home residents had died from the virus at the time, but the final version of the report only disclosed approximately 6,500 deaths, a figure that reflected only the residents who were physically present at a nursing home at the time of their death rather than in the hospital. So uh, throughout the drafting process, the former governor reviewed and edited the draft of the Department of Health report on multiple occasions and made edits to strengthen the defense of the March 25th directive, the report stated. The evidence obtained in our investigation, they say, indicates that former governor and his senior staff were not fully transparent with the public regarding the number of COVID-19 deaths among nursing home residents. The report added, the committee is cooperating with law enforcement with respect to these issues. And that's interesting. So despite mm. undercounting the, the nursing home uh, death toll by thousands, the July 2020 Department of Health report concluded that Cuomo's March 25th directive did not lead to a higher death toll, uh, the state assembly said yeah, right. in its report. On he Monday. killed 10,000 people and then edited a document to make it seem like he only killed 6,000 some people. But luckily, I, I really picked up on that line of the uh, article there where it says they're cooperating with law enforcement because this yeah. guy is guilty of crimes. Absolutely. But, you know, doing, you know, he, the only way any of this in crime spree uh, works is if they kill everyone or if they completely, you know, take over our government. And that's then that's what they're trying to do as we speak. So um, let me see, right. was there a little bit? And when he uh, stepped down, oh, it was just a lieutenant governor that was just as bad as him that took his place. Oh, arguably worse. She's, she's the devil's spawn. She's horrible. Um, so uh, there's just one little, the other little nice detail about the Cuomo case is that on July 10th, just four days after the Department of Health released its report absolving Cuomo from causing an inf the, the report that he edited, the inflated nursing home uh, death toll, the former governor secured a guaranteed compensation package of $5.2 million in royalty advances for his book, American Crisis, Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic. So there's his payoff, right, from the New World Order peeps, you know, who control all the media and whatever that publishing company is. Like, you don't get to publish a book unless you're, you know, you're writing what they want you to write. 
as someone who has absolutely I have a published book from payments for killing 10,000 people's grandparents. Absolutely. So, okay, so we have at least here's another story. We have at least three resignations from the Biden White House since uh, last week amid rumors of horrible infighting within Kamala Harris's staff and between her staff and Biden's staff. So last Friday, White House Communications Chief of Staff Emma Riley announced she's leaving for the Labor Department as his approval ratings shatter all disapproval records of past presidents. And this marks the second high-profile Biden administration resignation of the week. Riley's uh, announcement came one day after the White House confirmed that Vice President Kamala Harris's communications director, former Obama staffer Ashley Etienne, will be leaving her role in December. And uh, for the inside baseball and in all of this, a few weeks ago, Jack Posobiec, who has a mole inside of the White House, explained that there are two camps in the White House. There's the Biden camp, which is represented by his chief of staff, Ron Klain, and uh, White House communications director, Jen Psaki, and the Obama camp, represented by Kamala Harris and her staff, such as it is, you know, and that communications director just resigned. So, and then yesterday, Biden's vaccination coordinator, Bashar Shuker, announced that he's leaving the White House with yesterday, yesterday being his last day. So he announced he was leaving and he was, he was actually announcing that he was leaving that day. And uh, he had joined the Biden team during the transition last year and was charged with accelerating the COVID-19 vaccination effort Biden inherited upon taking office in January. Um, and uh, the quote from the uh, White House COVID response coordinator, Jeffrey Zients, who I actually sort of know, uh, Dr. Shuker is returning to the West Coast after staying longer than originally planned to help lead our country's COVID-19 response. Uh, he praised, uh, Zients praised Shuker's tireless work to help uh, state and local health officials across the country vaccinate their communities, unquote. Shakir was a formal, former Chicago health commissioner and senior executor if at Kaiser Permanente, and he's departing after the U.S. expanded access to vaccines for all people over the age of five, soon to be between over the age of six months, uh, I think in January, I think Biden just announced that, right? Or, or uh, Fauci did. And the widely approved booster doses for adults. And uh, then as many shots as they can get in us and as many people as possible. Absolutely. The genocide is real. So speaking of vaccines, uh, remember is, how I told you? But this is comforting to see that, uh, you know, this, these shakeups uh, do not are not good signs for the Biden regime. You know, uh, yeah. any way you look at it, if people are leaving, uh, it's because it's a train wreck and uh, it's not going to bode well for the regime. Yeah, maybe they weren't in on the fact that he is there to destroy America and maybe they didn't want to be associated with that. I don't know. But uh, anyways, I said, speaking of vaccines, remember how I told you last Thursday that the contract that the U.S. signed with Pfizer was like the ones Brazil and Argentina also signed where military bases and national parks were put up as collateral against any vaccine injury claims and damages from these their country's people. Well, I do have a deep dive. I still have to do a deep dive on that. I'm in the middle of translating the, I have the Brazilian government contract with Pfizer that I'm translating to English right now. And um, so, but Glenn Beck, you know, like a, a kind of a mainstream guy, I mean, slightly not mainstream because 
like Shimika, like you, like me, he's uh, he cares about the truth and not about um, the political expediency and being involved with uh, destroying the United States of America. Like, like I, I wasn't, I didn't even consider myself to be a conservative. I'm just like, I think I'm a classical liberal. I don't want America to be destroyed. Why would I? I'm American. So anyway, um, so anyway, what Glenn Beck, uh, he got his hands on the U.S. government's uh, contract. So I have to go do a deeper dive on that. And then I wanted to play the video. And then I saw that there were swear words uh, plastered all over it because the, the original one has been taken down, I think, even by Rumble. Like, I couldn't find it on Rumble. In fact, you cannot search, you cannot properly search uh, um, Glenn Beck's videos on Rumble. The search engine won't allow you to do it. So, and I've heard that Rumble is actually doing a little bit of censorship and uh, it's sad, but you know, it, it, I mean, Rumble has been great, but why can't we just have free speech anymore? Rumble is based in Toronto, by the way. Uh, okay, what else? So, oh yeah, so the US government contract is actually goes back to and is based in agreements that were made in 2015. So, Way wow. before. That's, they've been planning way, this for a while. Right. This is way before Operation Warp Speed or anything to do with Trump, okay? Because what the Democrats do intend to do is to blame anything that goes south with the vaccine on Trump. They want to blame the whole thing on Trump. And that's coming up right. and get ready for it. So, yeah. I, I, anyway. that, that intuitively makes sense to me as their strategy, their exit strategy. Yeah, yeah. If, if the whole thing falls apart, it's all Trump's fault. Just like every, when any, anything happens, it's Trump's fault, right? So, um, but since I can't find that video with, uh, that I can't, the Glenn Beck video is, I cannot find it anywhere. It's like, I, like I just said, I found one that's a meme person put together and covered with swear words. So I'm not gonna put that on our channel today. But I do have this video with uh, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, and Tucker Carlson last night's and his experiences with Lynn Wood, which I know you have something to say about. So that's video number one, please. How long were you there? I was in jail for 87 days. And this goes as follows in with Lynn Wood, who Lynn Wood was raising money on my behalf. And he held me in jail for 87 days, disrespected my wishes, put me on media interviews, which I should never have done what she said. Oh, you're going to go talk to the Washington Post, which was not a good idea. Along with John Pierce, they said I was safer in jail instead of at home with my family. And then after I'm billed, your up, lawyer said that my lawyer said that John Pierce and Lynn Wood. 87 days is a long time to be in jail. It, it was it was very long. I lost a lot of weight in there. I, I, I since then gained it back. I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh. 87 days of not being with my family for defending myself and being taken advantage to being used for a cause by these by John Pierce and Lynn Wood trying to solicit not solicit trying to raise money so they can take it for their own benefit not trying to set me free so you think they could have raised the money for bail faster but they didn't um i believe it I believe sometime in September, September 5th, I want to say, they had over a million. So you said you had something to say about this? Because I remember uh, Nick yes. Sandman also, Nick Sandman turned against Lynn Wood also. He, he made tweets against Lynn Wood as well. And I was just like, he just 
got you like 200 forever, $300 million. Like, you know, why, how can he be turning against Lynn Wood? So tell me what you got on this. Yeah, social media was really uh, on fire today regarding this. Uh, I mm-hmm. think a really good place to go is Linwood's Telegram channel because he's kind of forwarding all the messages of support that different mm-hmm. people, uh, prominent people, are saying, uh, such as General Flynn, such as uh, David Clements, uh, Professor's Record, uh, Seth Keschel. You know, a lot of people who are prominent in the Stop the Steal and conservative movement that we're all a part of are saying, wait, wait, wait a minute, let's hear Lynn Wood's side of the story. And and Lynn put out an official statement, uh, and he also did an interview, uh, quite a lengthy interview to kind of go into the details. And what he said is, is there's basically uh, two other people who seem to be more responsible here. One would be uh, would be John Pierce, uh, according to Lynn Wood. I- I'm not taking a stand on this either way. I'm just uh, reporting on what I'm finding on social media. But uh, Lynn Wood is basically saying, hey, I wasn't his lawyer. I wasn't representing him. John Pierce was his lawyer. And so stop blaming me for things that John Pierce said and did. There was this big shenanigans, uh, you know, big issue on the money for the bail because they're trying to figure out how to get the money to uh, the appropriate place when they finally did bail him out. And uh, they had to give it to John Pierce through this special escrow account. And then he (laughs) wouldn't return the money. And John Pierce was a part of the Fight Back Foundation, but then he decided to not be a part of the foundation. Also, uh, Rittenhouse ended up firing uh, uh, John Pierce. So he ended up not being his lawyer. There was also supposed to be a a lawyer relationship with Linwood handling the defamation side of things, but then they went back and said, no, I don't want you to handle that anymore either. There are a lot of different data points to pay attention to, and one of them that Linwood has brought up time and time again is another character named David Hancock. And this is a person that basically Linwood is describing as Kyle Rittenhouse's handler and feeding him misinformation and lies. And this guy is someone who has a criminal record of fraud, and that's something that Linwood has brought up as well. Uh, so, yeah, very interesting because you have different people in the conservative movement taking sides here. You've got Majorie Taylor right. Green going against right. Linwood. You have Linwood yep. going against Bannon. You've got Sidney Powell uh, coming into the mix here uh, also, uh, and it's kind of unclear what's happening there. Uh, it's, it's all really developing. But Linwood's also spoken out against Steve Bannon, who has the most popular conservative talk show in the world right now. So yeah. there is kind of a split in the movement here, and everyone's kind of grabbing at whatever they can to sling mud at the other side. Uh, but uh, I'm still figuring it all out. But the best way to follow this story, because I'm reporting mm-hmm. on it, is to go to my telegram at Sean Morgan Reports. All right, I will do that. And so, and then now I have another video for you about uh, um, the Rittenhouse case uh, from a former NBA star, Kwame Brown, who says that, you know, if people want to focus on racism or whatever, they should focus on the Ahmad Arbery case in Georgia, the jogger who was shot to death uh, while unarmed and who committed no crime at all and whose murder case is ongoing, but just, I think, about to wrap up within the next... Uh, Certainly, probably this week. 
And what Kwame says here is that Kyle Rittenhouse acted in self-defense, and he goes on to say that the case was politicized by people who make a lot of money promoting racism, even at the expense of a teenager. And video number two, please. Yeah, I just don't get it. Our focus should be on Ahmaud Arbery. It shouldn't be on Kyle Rittenhouse. That, to me, in my opinion, looked like self-defense. The courts found it as self-defense. The only... The only bad thing is that he had to sit in jail for so long because they made something political that had that wasn't or shouldn't have been political. If you're going to get a boy the gun charge, give him the damn gun charge or let the boy out. I'm sure a 17-year-old walking around with a shotgun would have been a misdemeanor, uh, which would have been probation. He could have been home eating Fruit Loops or whatever the hell he eat. But instead of that, we want to make it like we want to tie it in. We want to tie it into something black. We want to tie it into something bigger so we can have people come out and march and get checks off a little teenager's back. And, and that to me is corny. Trying to get money off of teenagers, trying to use the situation for a political gain, to me, that's corny. Everything ain't political, okay? A bunch of racist money. You know what it is? A bunch of people getting paid to push this racist shit. That's all it is. These motherfuckers ain't got no lane. They ain't really don't got nothing to say. The only thing they get paid off of is talking about how racist it is. Them motherfuckers got good cars, good houses, good everything, telling you how bad it is. Motherfucker, it don't look bad. You driving a Benz. You got down. Oops, I guess there were some swear words in there. I didn't hear them the first time. But uh, anyway, so this brings us to the uh, Waukesha massacre, of course. Um, you know, here's the moment, I have a video here for you, the moment that the BLM supporting violent pedophile who attacked innocent people in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and who killed six and injured 40 others was arrested on the porch of a random person, Dan Ryder, who was unrelated to Daryl uh, Brooks, um, who is the suspect. D uh, Ryder told NBC that he let Daryl Brooks into his house and made him a sandwich and let him use his phone to call an Uber because he said he didn't know about the massacre because he'd been, he'd been watching uh, football, and that's video number three, please. Hey, can I, I call some, I call the Uber, and I'm supposed to be waiting for it over here, but I don't know when it's coming. Can you call it for me, please? I'm homeless. I'm Did he know this guy? Absolutely not. No. Okay. 
Wow. It's so, amazing how someone yeah. can pull something like that and expect that they're just going to be able to walk around and not get caught. Well, yeah, some people are, you know, they, they're finding a lot of this very suspicious, you know. Um, but anyway, so, you know, he, he's claiming that he's homeless. He's lying, you know, obviously. And, and the writer's Midwestern hospitality kicked in. He invited him in, made him, gave him a jacket, made him a sandwich, let him use his phone. And then he said, uh, all of a sudden I looked outside my street and I saw a few cop cars drop, drive by and I'm getting nervous and not winning any trouble. Ryder asked the man to leave, which he did. And then uh, he came back, which we saw in the video, uh, pounding on his door, yelling that he had left his ID and demanded to come back in. And then the next thing you know, we see the cops with the lights on him saying hands in the air. So uh, wow. he had no idea. That, that you know that this massacre just happened uh, literally less than a mile away from his house. And but amazing uh, that nowadays there's always seems to be a camera running, and so we're really right. getting a lot of evidence now. Right. So this uh, was we a got door all ring. Of this guy's social media and everything. Yeah. Um, right. I'm so sorry we, we just ran out of town time, Alexandra. Oh. I, I hate okay. to cut you off, but we we got to wrap up. But uh, once no again, problem. everyone, this is Alexandra Bruce from ForbiddenKnowledgeTV.net, and every Thursday we go over the breaking news with her. Thanks, Alexandra, for coming on. All right, we're going to a uh, word from our sponsor. When we get back, I give you the final thoughts. Hello, I'm Mike Bendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled my pillow. And to thank you for your support, I'm going to pass the savings directly on to you. Go to MyPillow.com right now to get deep discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you can get my premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now just $29.98, the lowest price ever. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Mike Lindell has risked everything, his business, his reputation, all to save America. Let's support him and American-made products. Use the AMP promo code and also go to frankspeech.com. Check out the uh, three-day live stream where he's going to be going over his Supreme Court lawsuit in detail, frankspeech.com. Well, today was an interesting show. You know, I really love how here on Making Sense of the Madness, we really give you the latest, the hottest stories from a different angle. You're not going to find these stories on Fox News or any of the mainstream media. Uh, when you have my monologues, Alexander Bruce coming on, we're bringing you stuff that we've been researching all day and distilling it uh, in a format that's easier to understand. So I'm really happy to be able to do that on Making Sense of the Madness. And having guests like Shamika Michelle, uh, who's a Blaze TV and Sky News uh, correspondent, uh, because her commentary is valuable as well. We've got all kinds of patriots across the country who are coming on the show and showing this is how we stand up to tyranny. That's what it's all about. On November 30th, premium subscribers will get to go to a Zoom call event with James Grunvig and Major Jeffrey Prather. They can ask any question they want just for premium subscribers. You can sign up on our homepage, AmericanMediaPeriscope.net. 
Tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, we're going to talk to Jerry Day about smart meters and what that means for the deep state's rollout with 5G and all the crazy stuff that they're trying to turn us into a dystopian future. And next up tonight, we do have Patriot Street Fighter Scott McKay at 7 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for tuning in and making sense of the madness each weekday, 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless and good night.